This is the Authentic Sex Podcast. Real life conversations about sex, pleasure and relationships. I'm your host, Juliet Allen. Welcome to episode 60 of the Authentic Sex Podcast. My name is Juliet. I'm a sexologist and sex and relationship coach. And today on the podcast, we're talking about Chinese medicine, non-ejaculation and marriage. And I have a very special guest with me, Brad Fennell. Brad is an acupuncturist and a really good friend of mine and full of wisdom and knowledge. And so I've invited him on to this episode to speak a little more about Chinese medicine following on from his wife's podcast that we did a couple of weeks ago. Um, non-ejaculation and the benefits of that and how that's impacted his life and how that can impact the lives of men and women and marriage and how to find freedom which I'm very interested in within marriage and um, how to keep the passion and sex alive in marriage which him and his wife Tabitha are very good at doing mm. so um welcome brad thank you so much mm-hmm. so good to be here yeah so good to have you thank yay you. so um before we begin this episode is sponsored by the juliet pleasure wand the juliet is a premium crystal pleasure wand designed to heighten your sexual energy increase your self-love and self-pleasure and connect you to your true sexual essence the new curved wand is available on my website www.juliet-allen.com so brad is an acupuncturist and relationship and purpose coach at studio chi he also has a podcast turn on the podcast with his wife tabitha which is focused on turning you back on to your life and brad runs workshops for couples and men And today in this episode, we'll be covering Chinese medicine, how it impacts, I guess, what the belief systems are around libido and vitality when it comes to Chinese medicine, what works for Brad's clients, non-ejaculation, marriage, and how to keep the sexiness alive. So let's get into it. So how, let's just go straight into traditional Chinese medicine. You work with hundreds of clients Mm -hmm. what do you see are people's struggles and with you know people come in with low libido but obviously there's other stuff going on for them Mm -hmm. um how does chinese medicine view libido and sex Mm -hmm. and how can we be having great sex according to you know that model that modality yeah well fundamentally chinese medicine doesn't separate libido and vitality it's seen as one Mm. It's your source energy and the fundamental idea is about the kidney function, the kidney essence and how much energy you have there. And generally with people with low libido, you'll see often there's a lack of vitality, a lack of energy. Mm. And with the Chinese medicine, we're supporting that and we're nurturing that. But we're also probably the fundamental thing that we treat is this busyness that everyone's experiencing. Mm. And this lack of yin state, which is kind of a state where you can feel held, where at night we lock our doors so we can access our own yin state, Mm. where we can relax and and drop out. We're Mm. always in this yang state of doing and 
creating more and being more. And it fatigues us. Fatigues mm. us in our family, in our work, in in everything. Mm. We're, we're missing that. And then liver cheese stagnation, which in a sense is a stress factor, actually, particularly for women, tends to make them feel um, less sexual. Mm. Um, libido drops because there's this fullness there and they haven't got a place where they feel held and they feel supported. Mm. The interesting part often for men, it's the opposite because there's such fullness there, they're trying to get rid of that. Mm. And so sometimes their libido, and then you see this clashing of libidos because their libido is high because they're stressed and the woman's libido is low because of the stress. So it's not really that compatible in that way. And even though that masculine libido is high, it's not a good high. It's not a relaxed, it's not a sense of peace. It's an erratic nature that starts to happen. Okay, so why is it, this is new to me, why is it that um, you see when men are stressed their libido is higher? What's going on? Because it's this fullness. So this stagnation creates fullness in the body and one of the best things you can do for that is exercise or movement. Mm. Um, and one of the ways of looking at that, knowing whether you've got a fullness or an emptiness, is how do you go with exercise? So some people go and do exercise and they feel much better for it. Other people feel worse. Mm. If you feel worse, there's a deficiency there. Mm. But what tends to happen, the feminine nature needs to be able to relax, needs Mm. to be able to let go. When she's looking after the kids, when she's busy, when she's doing everything, her libido isn't up Mm. because there's too much fullness there. She hasn't let go of that. Mm. With that masculine energy is full. Mm. it's the stress and it's like how do I get rid of this fullness the quickest way for them to get rid of the fullness is through ejaculation yeah so, so it's like it relieves pressure a pressure build up exactly right that makes so much sense yeah. yeah okay so how have you managed it within your marriage we'll get more into your marriage um, mm-hmm. later but how have you guys managed to kind of balance that out I think the first thing is being aware of it. Mm. So knowing that it's really, really important for Tabitha to feel to feel relaxed. Mm. That I can create an environment that supports her. That this whole idea that foreplay doesn't begin in the bedroom, that begins in every aspect of your life. Mm. Can you support this other person so they can let go, that so they can surrender? Mm. You know, cooking dinner for them letting them relax, giving them some time out from the kids. Mm. All these things creates this state of emptiness where they feel I can let go. Mm. And then my work becomes my own inner work. Can I feel strong inside myself? Can I hold myself? Mm. Do I feel when she is in my presence, does she feel like she's held by me? Mm. Each time I kind of flip out or freak out, Mm. it's like she's going to lose herself. Mm. Because it's like, I can't trust you. Who are you? Mm. Then there's nothing wrong with having moments of like that. But it's seeing that dynamic and how that plays out. Mm. A good example of that um, would be when Tab was saying, you go do the motorbikes with the boys and she just stays home and she sends me photos of just her on the daybed on your balcony in the sun and she's like lying here doing nothing. Boys are at the motorbikes for the whole day. This is bliss. So um, (laughs) she, she shouldn't actually be there. 
it's not a good environment for her at, at the motorbike track. Oh, at the motorbike, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Where she is, yeah. is the perfect place because that's our, our, that's the men and boy thing to mm. go off and do. Mm. And for her being there would just create complete and utter stress. <laughs> just would. Yeah. Because boys are doing cartwheels sometimes off motorbikes and it's oh, just, God. it's not a great environment for mm. her. But it's a great time for us to be together. Mm. And for her... To have that space it's so true i love being able to do that for her mm. yeah this is good for couples listening and probably there'll be women and men but women listening going oh yes that's what i need and i didn't know i needed that but if i had that then i'd be able to relax more and nourish myself more and then they'd be feeling more turned on hugely having space for themselves mm. having time just you know, particularly those with kids, it's mm. full on and there's always someone at them. There's always mm. something, someone needs something mm. or a partner needs something and next minute sexually they need something mm. and there's no space for them. There's no time for them to let go. Mm. So Brad is a dad on a side note. They've mm-hmm. got three boys mm-hmm. ranging from ages. 16, 14 and 7. Yeah, so they've got their hands full. They know what it's like to have to balance parenthood. Um, okay, cool. So back to Chinese medicine for a moment. Um, so what if on the other hand, you're having lots of sex, can that deplete you? And I'm asking this because I remember, um, when I first started seeing you, I was about 18 Mm -hmm. and, um, I remember coming to you a lot being like, oh, I've had so much sex, but now my like lower back, or I always mm-hmm. used to get this lower backache mm-hmm. and I'd be like, do you, do you think like it's, I could have too much by any chance? And you'd always be like, well, actually you could be. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, why don't we talk about that? Cause that's kind of the opposite of what, what mm-hmm. most people think. Mm. Yeah. Our classics all talk about this and it's so not. I guess spoken about in our society that you can actually it's very easily easy particularly depending on your health level it's mm. easy to have too much sex mm. um, and the main area it affects is the lower back because the kidney the essence that the essence the life essence is stored in the kidneys and particularly for men with ejaculation they actually lose this essence mm. this life force so each time you're having sex you're just draining that a little bit now there's ways you can get around that there's techniques that you can do where you can have lots of sex and it doesn't have to deplete you but all our classics talk about um how much sex you should have if it's classic sex what and and what's the there's there's many but it depends on the age there's an age range Mm. and you know um i was reading one text and it said when you're 16 it should be twice a day when you're 16 (laughs) yes yeah look but what you have to notice is what happens to yourself when you're having when you're having a lot of sex Mm. um how is your energy is it depleted Mm. and often it will be Mm. often you'll feel yes you'll feel relaxed Mm. but there's a sense of emptiness this sense of fatigue Mm. so noticing that noticing what's happening with your body and then finding other techniques and other ways that you can have sex that doesn't actually deplete you Mm. chinese medicine is interested in what is good sex that doesn't deplete us Mm, which we'll go into we'll go into non-ejaculation and Mm -hmm. um yeah cool so um for people listening who um want to be having 
more sex and who are feeling depleted, what's just a couple of things they can do, like really practical things that people could do after listening to this to take action and pick up their libido, but more so their like drive and their vitality for life. Like, is there like, I know you talk about um, eating warm, nourishing foods mm-hmm. is a really good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what? Yeah, warm, nourishing foods is the, one of the foundations of Chinese medicine because it's an energy medicine. We're interested in what does your specific body type need? Does it need more warming food? Does it need more cooling food? But fundamentally, the digestive system is a burner. It's a mm-hmm. fire. So warm, nourishing food allows that to be broken down and absorbed by the body. Mm-hmm. So you can top that up. So you can top your kidneys. There's this whole idea of what we call postnatal and prenatal gene. So mm-hmm. prenatal gene is what your parents give you, mm-hmm. which is stored in your kidneys. Mm-hmm. The environment you're born into. Mm-hmm. When you run out of prenatal gene, mm-hmm. you're out off the planet. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's actually connected to you see memory loss and things like this as people get older because there's a, a loss of gene. Mm. The, the next thing is postnatal gene, mm-hmm. which comes from your digestive system and is topped up by your digestive system. Mm. So a lot of the Taoists, what they were interested in is how do I live forever? Mm. Well, I live using postnatal gene mm-hmm. rather than prenatal. Prenatal is burning the candle at both ends. Yep. So if I can just live on postnatal gene, then I can live forever. I don't think anyone's mastered it yet because mm-hmm. I don't see anyone who's lived forever. Yeah. But the concept and the theory works really mm. strongly. Mm. How do I conserve my gene? How do I have enough movement in my life? How do I have enough exercise? How do I have food that's right for me? Mm. How do I get enough rest? What's your thoughts, and this could be controversial for people who are listening who are into this, on raw food eating? Because now I'm asking this because I remember I was 100% like mm-hmm. raw food person mm-hmm. for about a year when I was maybe mid-20s. Mm-hmm. And then I came to you and was like, I am just feeling really, really fucking tired. And mm-hmm. you're like, hmm, oh, maybe a little bit of soup. Mm-hmm. And it took me a few sessions with you to be like, okay, I'll have soup. And as soon as I started having like warm food my energy went up and i felt better and my libido came up that's right because raw food can be very good if you've got a heat constitution so let's talk seasonally firstly as well Mm. in summertime you want more raw food in wintertime you want more warm nourishing food Mm. but fundamentally you have to look at your system so someone who's got a lot of fire and a lot of heat the classic one is someone who's drinking a lot of alcohol, has a lot of stress, mm. isn't moving their energy a lot. They get red and fiery. Mm. And you see this in people. That person can actually tolerate um, more raw food. Mm. If you're a constitutional spleen deficient type person, what the cold raw food does is it smothers the digestive fire. Mm. And short term, it can feel good because you, f- you do feel really clean on raw food. Mm. And there is a place for it. But you have to be careful if you're a cold-type constitution. So if you feel the cold, if you're someone who tends to have cold hands and feet, Mm. um, these are all signs that you're more of a cold constitution and you need more warm, nourishing food. Mm. If you tend to have a slower metabolism, Mm. 
if you, that's a sign that you need more warm nourishing food yeah if your libido your kidney yang is low then mm. it's a sign of warm, more warming food warming herbs mm-hmm. if you are going to use like people often like juices and things I always say if you're going to do that put some ginger in there as well it's a mm. really simple tip because ginger goes to the stomach channel mm-hmm. but also has a warming energetic nature mm. so it warms that cold yeah awesome this is a great information for people mm. okay and i guess it's just about um you know if you don't know what constitution you have it's just about feeling into what feels right for you what are your energy levels how do you feel when you wake up in the morning how do you feel when you go to sleep at night you know like if you're not feeling good if you're not sleeping well then maybe switching around a few things in your diet is going to help this is my it's like the basics favorite all-time thing so as a as an acupuncturist and chinese medicine practitioner i have these theories Mm. but they're only theories mm. and when it gets exciting why I like being with people is because you get to play with people and mm. you get to explore what's right for them mm. my theory is that Chinese medicine well it did it came from observation it came from noticing how food affects your body mm. and so one of the things that I do is I check in with how people feel mm. so for you we suggest let's try warm nourishing food let's see how 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 you respond mm. and you say well i feel better mm. um one of the classic ones is wheat and wheat intolerance mm. um wheat in chinese medicine has a cooling nature and so sometimes it's in our formulas to cool uh, mania heart heat these types of things but it cools the digestive system and someone can come in and say to me well it's okay because I've been tested. I'm not celiac. I'm, I can eat wheat, mm. which is fair enough. But it's like, but how do you feel? Well, I feel terrible on wheat and I'm bloated. Mm. That for me is more important than any test. It's like really checking in. I've had people come in and say, I'm going I'm to eat lots of salad mm. because I know that's good for me. And then I ask, how do you feel with salad? Well, I feel terrible and I hate it. Mm. And I know it's good for me. So it's kind of, it's coming back to body awareness Mm. what genuinely feels good for you Mm. cool and um just briefly can getting regular acupuncture help libido and vitality yes yes Yes. no because we're working with all these it's health issues and occur because you're living the lifestyle that isn't right for you mm. and so by making lifestyle cho- choices but also for us using acupuncture points that stimulate the kidney fire that mm. support the essence that support the digestive system mm. to actually you know get rid of the bloating and get your your body transforming the nutrition mm. into your body mm. um loose bowels is another classic one where you're just not absorbing yeah so we need to make sure you're absorbing yeah cool and on a side note i just launched a few weeks ago my new online course which is called the mindful sex guide and in that i have a whole module on health and well-being and how that impacts our sex lives so if people listening want to explore this more in a really simple way then join the online course because yeah i think it's so important it's kind of the missing piece of the puzzle 
for so much around sex. People want the magic pill and it's like, there's no magic pill. Um, get your life sorted, feel mm. good, and then you'll feel like more sex. So, mm. I love okay. you say that. Like in some mm. ways, the, sometimes it's a symptom. Your libido is a symptom of your health and your lifestyle. Yeah, people think they can get like a magic potion or like if I just have that special horny goat weed or whatever it is, I don't know, then suddenly everything's going to be great. Or I'll just buy that really expensive lingerie and then suddenly my husband's going to want to fuck me. All those things, it's like, it's not, it's not that simple. It really isn't. He might want to for one night, but then his libido is going to drop because he's stressed at work and eating Maccas on the way home. You know, like not going to work. The sexy lingerie will not last. (laughs) And because the feminine, from my experience, is always changing and wants to change and and the importance of that and state awareness. Mm. Like how do you find more horny goat weed? state in your Mm. life what is that state about how Mm. do you experience that how do you explore that Mm. how do you have more of that in your life Mm. yeah cool okay well so let's um let's move on to non-ejaculation this is one of my favorite Mm -hmm. topics um because it's definitely changed my life since learning about it and then being having lovers ever since who practice it and practicing it within my relationship I know for you it's changed your sex life and I'd love to know um, how and then also, you know, I guess it ties in with the Chinese medicine too. So, yeah, this is a great topic for women to listen to and Mm -hmm. men um, because this can have a really big impact. And I have got another episode where I speak solely on non-ejaculation. I'll look up what number it is and try and remember to tell you guys at some stage to listen to that too. Yeah, so tell me about non-ejaculation. Now there's the fun stuff. <laughs> <laughs> this is, if, if I ever am working with a man whose libido is low, this is the number one technique. This is it. Mm. This will sort this out for so many people. Um, because from my experience, it increases the fire of your life. It's been the biggest change in my life. Mm. in this area yeah um that doesn't mean it's not challenging mm-hmm. it is and it's a practice mm. but it's probably one of the most powerful things that you can do to increase libido and if you have a high libido it's one of the most empowering things that you can do for your entire life mm. because as we talked in chinese medicine this is life force that surges through you the sexual energy is life energy mm-hmm. And as you build that, rather than depleting it, it's how do I put this into other areas of my life? Mm. How, rather than just getting rid of this energy, do I actually hold it and channel it and allow it to help me to grow? Mm. How do I sit with it? How do I breathe with it? Rather than just going, I'm horny, let's have sex and being done with it. Yeah. It puts you in a state where in in many ways you're always turned on. Mm, I definitely agree. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, so what's the, um, the details? Because like, lots of people listening are going to be like, what? Are they really saying not? Do they mean not ejaculating? Like not ejaculating at all? So what is it like? How did you learn how to kind of not ejaculate? And so with this, I mean, there's different differing levels of non-ejaculation. So some men ejaculate once a year and, you know, that's it. Some men ejaculate once a month. Um, 
some like once a week and then the, the other time it depends how often you're having sex like my partner and I will definitely ejaculate when I'm bleeding because that's like a safe mm-hmm. time you know for him to ejaculate inside me right well safer mm. um but then hold off on it but then also go through periods where we're like oh this feels good let's ejaculate so it's not even not even about like you're not ejaculating at all i see it as learning to control when you ejaculate and also as a team with your partner or partners um being able to like make a choice as to okay we're going this is going to happen or not happen Mm -hmm. so yeah um i love what you're saying mm. I i love the process of that because really non-ejaculation is if if you're ejaculating too much and you're feeling tired it's the first thing you can do for your health and your energy Mm. so back off and that doesn't mean not ejaculating at Mm. all Mm. maybe it means ejaculating less for you Mm -hmm. um exploring having sex without an an outcome yeah is the most fascinating thing that you can do Mm. because this is really life life in the end there is no outcome except death and in between that we have to kind of enjoy the process Mm. and for me getting completely lost in the experience the sexual experience without any outcome is the most amazing thing that can happen yeah when you're just experiencing fully your own pleasure Mm. when you're uh, yeah you're exploring that state Mm. and going deeper into it Mm. and then suddenly that can go on for hours if you choose Mm. yeah it can go on for hours like i've had days of sex because there's no end goal yes there's no end goal so it's like we're not doing this to get anywhere there's no finish line it's just we are that's right we are that's it it's interesting after uh, like you reach a point where you say okay let's just relax now Mm. There's actually this sense, this feeling like, I feel like I have ejaculated. Mm, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just because it's like, ah, I'm mm. satisfied. There's this feeling of satisfaction. Mm. Um, and then you're right. And then there's other times where this is, this is right. Ejaculating mm. is right for mm. us and it feels good. And, and it's funny, like sometimes for me, if I do do that and it doesn't deplete me. And then there have been times where it does deplete me and noticing that, Mm. noticing my own body and the experience. Yeah, cool. And if you do choose to ejaculate, then you can use sex magic because the seed, you know, obviously the seed is just as powerful as women's menstrual blood. And so like that seed has the power to create life. So think of it as if you are ejaculating and you're not intending on getting pregnant, then using the energy of that seed to create other things in life and manifest. So um, I've got other podcasts on sex magic in season one that people can listen to, which talks about using the energy of the seed and the blood mm, to manifest powerful yeah so that's what nick and i do like if if he's going to ejaculate i'm like okay what are we manifesting what mm, do you want to manifest because mm. like we may as well make this worth it otherwise it's not worth it that's right so yeah it's, i love this okay um what else do i want to ask you oh so from a man's perspective how do men do this if they've spent say 30 40 20 years yeah. just ejaculating every day and just wanking yep. you know and then just having really hard and fast sex how do yeah. you not yeah, yeah. what's the well, so the first thing which i was taught is having 
a big enough why is really mm. powerful. Mm. Why am I doing this? Mm. And noticing that I want to have this energy in my life, I want to have more of this energy in my life. Actually, I like being turned on. You know, feeling turned on is a great state. And how enjoying that state more in your life rather mm. than going, I need to get rid of this. Mm. Enjoying it, living it and having it. And then the next part is practice. Yeah. Slowing down, slowing everything down. Mm. Like with masturbation, it's slowing it down, noticing the experience and getting good at where am I? Yeah. Where am I is something about to happen. Mm. Am I about to orgasm? Um, so knowing where that is mm. comes through practice. Mm. And then if you are stopping or pausing, mm. stopping for a moment and circulating the energy into other areas of your body, mm. getting it out of the genital area. Mm. So slowing it down, breathing, stopping. It's okay to stop having sex. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to be a jackhammer. No, <laughs> no. And, and look, and sometimes there's, you just have no hope. You might think, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. Yeah. You give yourself all the affirmations in the world, but you are, mm. and you have to know where you're at. Yeah. So you can stop for a moment, recompose yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And then come back, and sometimes slow it down. Okay, this is where I am. Let's just slow things down, noticing my body, come back into myself. Where am I? Breathe. Mm. Relax, relax, relax. And what that takes too, I think, is a uh, commitment from the partner. So it, there needs to be communication around this because naturally as women, I think we naturally are wanting to suck the seed out of the man. Yes. And so without even knowing and some women might be triggered hearing that being like no i don't or like but but i think you know there's always times when without even thinking about it we just we're naturally kind of Mm. wanting that and so that can be really hard for a man who's trying to practice non-ejaculation because energetically the woman's just like fully drawing the seed out so there needs to be um, an agreement, I think, that you're going to be supported as a man. Otherwise, Definitely. it's not. Or, or if it's two men, yeah, the same thing. There needs to be agreement between partners. Yeah, and I think as a partner, for, for me, with a woman, acknowledging the power that you have. Mm. A woman in, in completely embracing her own pleasure mm. is very magnetic. Mm. and honoring that power Mm. that that strength that it's really difficult for a man at a certain point when she's in that state Mm. to not come yeah i've actually dropped into my masculine energy during sex with a woman and so i've kind of like um i learned how to Mm. like have an energetic cock and like and and be in that energy and i really got an insight into how hard it would be to have a real cock Mm -hmm. because when i got into that energy i was like i would be fucking everything and wanting to ejaculate everywhere if i actually had a cock because this feels really good and then noticing the energy of the woman that i was with and how magnetic that was like you say and how much that made me want to just go for it like and so i got an insight into i was like oh jesus this would be really challenging to be a man with a hard cock full of cum and not cum I love that you say that. And, and it, it's interesting. It just reminded me once I had a dream where I was a woman mm. and I fully experienced that. And I mm. think 
it's such a fascinating thing to experience that but it is really it's really challenging and that's kind of the power process but the authentic power that you can develop as a man and hold that and know that that here's this goddess Mm. that is irresistible and Mm. is drawing this which is wonderful Mm. but it's challenging Mm. i think you're spot on with making an agreement as a couple Mm, definitely okay cool so if you want to hear more about non-ejaculation episode 40 in season one is called the art of non-ejaculation for men and that's got more on this topic in that so um jump onto that one if you want to learn more um all right so next we're going to talk about um marriage and you guys have been married for 17 is it years yes uh yes that's yes uh, yes we have yeah, it's, <laughs> yes. it's about 17 because i remember you had your anniversary that's, recently that's not my strong point it yeah. is yeah yeah so that's a long time we've been together for where are we long 20 20 something years yeah so and brad and tab are just probably the only role models in my life of a really like amazing mm. relationship they're just a really great team, great parents, just adore each other, um, just total inspiration for me. And so I want to know what, from your perspective mm-hmm. as the male in the mm-hmm. partnership, what um, what keeps the passion and intimacy and sex alive and um, what are some of perhaps some of the challenges you've experienced, how you've got through them, whatever you want to share, but just sharing your knowledge I mean, I guess it's like your experience and what's worked for you so that people listening can be like, oh, maybe we can do that. Or, you know, there'll be couples listening who have been married for ages and are just at rock bottom or, Mm. yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think it's been... um, uh, The thing that's probably most exciting for me is I honestly believe relationships can get better with time. Mm. There's this whole thing that it's never going to be as good as the honeymoon phase where... Our experience is that it's better now than it's ever been. Mm. And there's a few things that really help with that. One's therapy, Mm. um, Mm. like working on your stuff. Um, So couples therapy you guys get? We get couples therapy. We get individual therapy. Mm. Like I think it's interesting when you can grow in yourself Mm. um, that you get to bring another another you to the relationship is really powerful Mm. you know it's really exciting Mm. that you know so we do both do our own individual work because that's really important we have our own interests that's really important Mm. but then we have a lot of sameness as well that we're you know commonality that we really love and appreciate Mm. who the who the other person is um probably Tantric ideas has really helped our life sexually, mm. you know, non-ejaculation and things like that has heightened the relationship sexually. Mm. That's been really powerful because at times there's been challenges in that. Mm. But um, by working on those things and really growing um, and growing as a couple and, mm. and, and sometimes you do, you need someone outside of you mm. to do that. You can't quite see the patterns and what's going on or you can't hold yourself or you can't take your own side mm. is sometimes really important in relationship yeah there's someone outside of you you're meaning therapist therapist yeah. that's right 
yeah 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 cool. that, that, that can hold your side a little bit in relationship mm. you know what's your myth together how was it that you first fell in love what's mm. the thing big thing that I always do is what did you first fall in love with the other now for me you know I fell in love with Tab's wisdom and this like shamanic incredible woman mm. now that's me also falling in love with that part of myself if I don't pick that up if I don't pick up my own wisdom she gets shitty with me mm. you know what I mean like if I put her on a pedestal if I don't meet her as an equal mm. and her with me if she doesn't pick up her adventurous nature and all these types of things so mm. consistently kind of working on your relationship communication is a starting point it's really important mm -hmm. but you need to work on more than that you need to mm. work on kind of the shadow stuff mm. you need to work on you know work on yourself work on shame has mm. been a really big one and in a critic that doesn't allow you to fully access different states mm, yeah so therapy is a good one therapy is really helpful what about um something i'd like to ask you about is how do you how do you i guess best support tab when she's in this yeah. crazy erratic feminine yeah. state yeah. like premenstrual mm -hmm. um the dragon yes. like how do you as a man support her because i know as tabitha's friend that yes. you know she's like brad's been amazing <laughs> he's just dealing with it so well and i've been a fucking nightmare mm. So how, like from the masculine point of view, what, what have you found has worked for men who are listening, but also for women who are listening who don't know what they need and could perhaps ask their partner for okay. that? The first thing is detachment. Mm. Don't take it personally. This mm. state, which is complex because sometimes you do need to take it personally. You need to hear. It's When I say don't take it personally, it's not like don't hear what they're saying. Hear that. For me, one of the biggest changes is, ha, huh, I'm being tested. She's testing, can I hold her? Or am I gonna wither? Am I gonna get um, agitated and annoyed? Or can I sit in the fire and be present with her, mm. even in this state, and make her feel held, make her feel like it's actually okay. Mm. It's okay. I can, we can deal with this. I'm here for you, 100%. Mm. And then not, not being triggered by it. Mm. And if you are being triggered by it, going and doing your own inner work, working on that. Mm. What is that? Why is that difficult for me? Why can't I hold her in this state? Mm. So when she says she's like, um, or say a woman is like quite um, emotional and just mm. like, you know, crying, what, what would be some tips you give men to do in those moments from the go a guy's perspective? Touch. Mm. Hold her mm. in that moment. Um, just hold her in mm. that moment and, and not fix that. anything not fix anything not mm. fix anything that's such a masculine kind of need to we'll find a solution it rarely works mm. because it's not what's needed mm. often there is no fix needed or there is no fix in that moment mm. the fix is really being there yeah and Holding. just feeling held like you said held. as a woman feeling like I can surrender I can let go I can mm. be this it's okay Mm. this person that I am yeah and he'll still love me still or love she'll me. still love me yeah yeah cool and so um another thing I thought of um is freedom which mm. is a big one for guys mm -hmm. and for women um yeah so how can how can men in particular feel free within marriage because so many of us men and women 
feel like, oh, if I, you know, it's like that whole thing, like I don't want to be locked down. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my, you know, my freedom's going to go, fuck that. I'm not doing that. I'm not giving away my power, mm-hmm. all that shit. How did you, did you ever have that? Like, or did you not? And how have you found freedom within the commitment of, of marriage? Okay. My, my true calling, the thing that I'm truly passionate about is freedom. Mm. And I was, you know, if I'm honest, I was scared of having kids and marriage. Mm. Now for me, it's the greatest thing I ever did. Mm. And that's not for everyone. But Mm. for me, it created a place of safety where I could really do the work that I'm really here to do. Mm. Where I could have someone that's here for me. And that I could develop. I think sometimes sometimes it's time to get out of a relationship. Mm. But sometimes it's like it's time to do the work. The work that you're actually looking for in freedom is within the relationship. Mm. Um, you know, I fall in love with Tab, this amazing woman, and then suddenly after a year, she's not amazing because she's not holding me and doing all these things. So I think, well, I've got to go find somebody else rather than going, actually, I have to grow. I have to become this person that I'm looking for. So the relationship gives me the opportunity to Mm. actually become that person, to find more freedom because to find my own path, to walk my own path. Mm. If I'm in a place where I truly know what I'm here to do and I'm with someone that can help and support that, then I'm on the path of freedom Mm. and I'm held. Mm. Have you ever felt like, oh, Tab's trying to cage me in or I feel caged in or like have you ever felt that or has your relationship been quite smooth sailing with that I'm just asking because I've felt Mm. within past relationships like oh I'm in this box and I just feel so tied down and I can't like shackles are on me and and I know that was a lot of self-work I had to do basically because I was the one creating the cage and the shackles it wasn't my (laughs) ex-partners at all so now that I've moved through that in my past relationship yeah then now i don't feel that within relationship at all so maybe i just answered my own question it's just self i I, I love your question and your answer and i think sometimes if you are truly shackled by this other person it's time to get out that doesn't mean that you don't go this is what i'm feeling and i need to find ways but so often it's our own personal work that we're doing and we're trying to bring that back to the relationship um have there been times I can't really remember. Mm. It's not now mm. um, because I feel like I'm with someone who's fully committed mm. to my dreaming. And this is something we always talk about. What's your dreaming? What What are you really called to do? What's the thing that keeps on reoccurring in your life? Mm. And we really align with that. Mm. But, you know, I work with people from time to time that should definitely not... Be together. Not be together. <laughs> yeah. I'm fully open to... Um, relationships unfolding in the way they should and Mm. sometimes that means hang in there sometimes it means don't yeah definitely 
And what's the one last question? Because I feel like this could go forever and I'm definitely getting you back. (laughs) This is so good. This is by far one of my favorite podcast episodes now. So what are tips for women who, and this is probably me, right? So Mm -hmm. let's just talk about me, but there's going to be women listening who identify with this. For someone, a woman who wants their partner to feel freedom within a relationship because knows that's really high value for him or her. Um, What are some things that women can do to support their partner? Because there's going to be same-sex couples listening too. So I don't want to assume everyone listening is in a male and like a hetero relationship. I do just want to speak to the people listening who are in same-sex relationships Mm -hmm. that I do aim to be really inclusive of you. So what's something... What can someone like me do to support my partner in his quest for freedom within relationship? I know that's a big question, but like just basic stuff. Like, Yeah, I think like acknowledging that you fell in love with that. Mm. You know, ask yourself, what did I fall in love with? Mm. And if it's this, this sense of freedom, mm. you know... Plus, it's also probably part in your own life that you're looking for. Mm. Oh, yeah. It's one of my biggest values. So, yeah, yeah. So, you go out and you meet this person that's symbolic of that in you. Mm. Ha, if I was with him, then I'd be free. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like you fall in love with that. This is the person. And it's true because when you first start, you do feel free and this happens. Mm. But then all the complexities of the relationship come in. Mm. And then you have to do the real work. Mm. And then you have to remember that you love that. And he has to do his work as well, Mm. you know, and work out how do we align with this? Mm. Where do we both fit? And maybe it's me that's looking for more freedom. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good little therapy session in two minutes. Yeah, no, that's true. You fell in love with. Yeah, true. It's like, don't forget that. Mm. I, I, I really believe most relationships... If it started in a place of love where you went, you're amazing. Mm. If it started in that place and then something went wrong, it's like I truly think it can come back to that place. Mm. You know what I mean? Sometimes it doesn't because if two people want completely different things, Mm. um, then sometimes it's like, well, I live in Australia and I live in England and sometimes you just can't work it out. Yeah. Um, But... If if there's if they started in a place of love, I really think that it can come back to that, mm. and it can come back bigger, and it can come back with awareness, mm. and it can come back with more excitement, and and supporting each other. I mean, support that man to be all that he can be. Mm. And in like even just like everyday activities, like I know when I was a lot younger, um, I've all, I, every partner I've had is a surfer. And it's always their passion and it always takes up a lot of their time. When I was younger, I'd be like, why are you surfing and not hanging out with me? Why don't you want to have breakfast with me? I hate that you do surfing. Like really just stupid behavior. Now I'm like, fuck yeah, go to surfing because I know that 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 is your passion. I know that it fills you up. It fills your cup up. It's like your form of meditation. And that when you come back from surfing, you're feeling happy and alive. Um, but I know that in the past that's been really, um, that's limited partners. And then they've felt that kind of caged feeling. Cause yes. they're like, I can't even go for a fucking surf yeah. without you kicking up a stink. Yeah. And so I love that because there's two parts to that. But one part is the man that you suddenly get a woman or partner who mm. comes back to you. 
mm. full and have done what they're here to do mm. is incredibly sexy and powerful. Mm. But I'd also say to you that maybe it's time to find your own surfing nature. What, say it to me? Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? If you keep on falling in love with that same part. Mm. Well, now, something... I, now I've taken up surfing. Yes. Yeah. And, 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 <laughs> that's right. And the essence of surfing. So you're going out yeah. and surfing and going, what is it about surfing? What is it about this dude on the... Because you may take up surfing. You don't have to. Yeah. But you have to take up the dreaming behind the surfing. Yeah. And what's behind it is, what is it that dude riding on that wave? Who is he? He's free and he's whatever it yeah. is. And then you go, huh. That's me. I need to be more like that. Yeah. So you go grab a board or you go do whatever. Yeah. Makes you feel free. Yeah, good point. And that helped me realize that um, in my 20s when I, you know, went and got therapy and still do um, with our therapist. Mm. We actually, Brad, Tab and I, we all share the we same share therapist the and she's awesome. <laughs> but she, I remember her saying, what is it about these men in particular that you are attracted to? And I was like... Oh, it's the fun, the freedom. And she's like, okay, pick that up more in your life. So, And you're falling in love with the fun and the freedom in yourself. You're mm. falling in love with that part that you don't always acknowledge about yourself. Mm. That you feel like you have to go to work and you have to do whatever. Mm. And you forget that, yeah, the surfer is waiting inside of you. Mm. This is so great. I feel like I have a lot of questions, but I think what we'll do is wrap it up and then at the end of this, I'll write them down and then we'll do another episode because yes. I want to talk about monogamy because you and yep. Tab are in a monogamous yes. relationship. So we'll talk about that in another episode. I want to talk about, um, what was the other thing? Oh, what do people do? I think we should just briefly cover this. Okay. What does someone do um, who's in a relationship and they want to do the work, quote unquote, like mm-hmm. get a therapist, mm-hmm. do the inner work, but their partner's like, ah, just a doesn't have any interest in inner work, doesn't have any interest in therapy, is very shut down. Like, I know this is a big question. No, and it's a great question. Yeah, but what do people do? Because I guarantee people are listening, thinking, oh, no, my husband's never going to want to do that. Or my, or my, yeah. Do the work. Mm. You have to do, you as an individual, if you can come along and do, you go, go somewhere and do couple session, great. Mm. If you can't do your own work. Mm. because that will change the dynamic as you start to empower yourself it's going to change the dynamic of the relationship mm. unfortunately unfortunately it's either gonna you know it's gonna drag your partner along he's gonna he's gonna see you grow mm. or she or she they're going to see you grow mm. and at that point they have a choice mm. am i going to grow or am i going to try and suppress it? and i see both mm. i see Um, people who go I'm going to grow I want to grow with you and that's awesome I think one of the greatest things you can have is if you know the the blessing of two people growing together Mm. but if that person doesn't want to grow then chances are it won't work Mm. or it's going to be difficult or you're going to have to just say well I'm okay with that Mm. I'm going to grow as far as I can in myself but the number one thing I would say is if you're drawn to do inner work, to work on yourself, mm. do it. Yeah. It's the greatest gift you can give to you. Actually, I think it's what you're here to do. I think it's what we're all here to do. Yeah, totally. And the greatest gift that we can give our children, you know, is yes. to be the parent who does do the inner work so that yeah. they see us doing that. And then, and like 
like all of our children have been to therapy like family yes. we've all like both your family yeah. and my family have been in the couples i mean in the therapy room all together yeah. you know my daughter's been in by herself your mm-hmm. kids have been in by themselves mm-hmm. so it's like starting really young with kids so maybe that's something we can talk about in the next podcast is like parenting yeah Yeah. cool okay thanks so much that was so rich in um yeah wisdom and experience and Mm. good chats as usual with you yeah it is it's so great i love it yay well thank you so much um you can find brad on these websites turn on the podcast.com studio chi.com.au and on instagram at brad fennell spelt b-r-a-d-f-e-n-n-e-l-l and if you loved this episode please review the podcast on itunes which will hopefully ensure that it makes its way to lots of other people's lives um And thank you for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode.